Top of the 8 o'clock hour. Welcome back to the WIP Morning Show, everybody. John Johnson in for Al Morgani alongside Rhea Hughes. It's a Ross Tucker Wednesday. Ross Tucker with us. It's also a prize wheel Wednesday. And the subject of our prize wheel, something you were wrong about with Jalen Hurts in mind. Could be one way or the other. Still have several spots in the prize wheel available. Several prizes, I should say. We got a $50 Visa gift card, a 76ers hoodie. We got, ooh, look at this. What are you doing New Year's Eve? How would you like to go on the Battleship New Jersey? Watch the fireworks on there. We have uh, several prizes still available. Give us something. Could be someone that you were wrong about. Now, with this in mind, because we Micah Parsons, open mouth, inserted foot, said it was the team and not so much Jalen Hurts on the Von Miller podcast, which has been such a driving force of our conversation. So over on ESPN, um, Rhea, I want to make sure I set this up properly because yep. Dan Orlovsky was hypercritical of – uh, Jalen Hurts in well, the last year. Well, it was vis-a-vis with Carson Wentz, that he didn't think he'd ever be in Carson Wentz's category. I think that I'm paraphrasing, but that was kind of kind of it. He's obviously changed his tune as the season has gone along. And so Jalen Hurts was on uh, SportsCenter last night okay. with Kevin Nagandi from Temple, you know, local guy. And uh, so um, basically Kevin Nagandi um, references Orlovsky. And the only reason I saw this is because Orlovsky tagged it saying, I've never been more wrong. Oh. I was so wrong on this kid. But here, let me play you what, what Nagandi says to Jalen Hurts and his response. Dan Orlovsky said earlier this week that, quote, Jalen Hurts is the most improved passer I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen a guy transform this way. And for our audience, the completion percentage, it jumped from 61% last year to 68% this year. What is that main thing that you've been keeping the main thing? What has worked for you? I think the reality is for me, I've never changed throughout my whole entire journey, uh, my whole entire career th- to this point. One thing I tell you is there is no arrival. There is no point where you will say that you've arrived. There's only the journey. Wow. I, Ross, we heard Rex Ryan say something very similar to what Dan Orlovsky said the other day. Um, I, the, the jump that Jalen Hurts has made, can you recall a player who you were so convinced was something make that leap the way that Hurts has? Well, um, a couple things. First of all, one of the reasons why those guys say they've never seen someone improve so much is because they were so um, negative about him a year ago, right? So it's like they have to say that, right, to kind of um, (laughs) – to kind of – I don't want to say save face, but to explain what they thought a year ago. But they probably are um, correct in that. And can I just say something, too, about Jalen Hurts? I am 43 years old, and I am convinced that he's more mature than I am. Yes. <laughs> the <laughs> things that it, come out of his mouth? Yeah, 24. I mean, I would love to, like, just spend a night with him. Is he real? Like, he, he's like that? I haven't my arrived. Without him? <laughs> yeah, I would love to know, like, what's he like, like, late on a Sunday night? Saturday? Like, <laughs> like, is he really like this all the time? Because he, who talks like that? I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Um, the only other guy that comes to mind for me to answer your question, John, mm-hmm. is Josh Allen. Let me read this to you, okay? Josh Allen, I'm pulling it up right now. His rookie year for the Bills, he completed 52% of his passes, 10 touchdowns, 12 picks. His second year, he was much better, 58.8% of his passes, 20 touchdowns, nine picks, but then here's the clincher. Third year, mm-hmm. 69.2%. Jeez. Over 4,500 yards, 
37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and I think he got second in terms of the MVP that year. So the only guy that Hurts compares to in terms of improvement is Josh Allen, and it's somewhat similar because Hurts was better his second year than he was his rookie year, and then he's made a big leap his third year, which is obviously what Josh Allen did as well. Among the, the, the huge concerns or question marks that was going into the season with, with Jalen Hurts was his accuracy in the intermediate to deep passes, whether he had an arm and if he could throw it, how accurate would, would it be? And Rhea brought up a stat to me earlier in the show uh, comparing he and Dak Prescott – and it is, Rhea, it's absolutely yeah, mind-blowing. Um, it's the one from uh, Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports. Basically, it's 25-plus air yards. He's hitting on 53.6%, 586 yards, 10 touchdowns, one interception for a 125.5 rating, whereas Dak is hitting on 21.4%, 113 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, and a 31 rating. I mean, raw stats can be deceiving, but holy cow, I can't look past that. I agree. Um, the one point I would say and make about it is you got to be careful a little bit. Like that That's a good stat, but how open have the Eagles receivers been in those situations versus the Cowboys receivers? How much pressure have they been under when they've made those throws? No matter how you slice it, And Jalen has not been under. But, yeah, that's the big thing is we, you know, we were told, and we didn't think he could last year make those deep throws. Right, and here's the thing. Think about how many, like, of those deep sideline throws he's made to A.J. Brown that have been, like, perfect. I mean, a couple yeah. of them haven't even counted, yeah. right? But they were still, like, Devontae didn't get his second foot in yep. against the Giants. That was an awesome pass. A.J. Brown's toe barely touched outside against the Titans a couple weeks ago. That didn't count. Like, even some of the incompletions in those stats were good throws by Jalen Hurts. Malik in Mount Aries on WIP. Good morning, Malik. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Doing great, hey, what's Malik. What's up? I got a question for you, Ross. When you court somebody, let's just say I'm running down the field, I'm the quarterback, you're, you're, you're swinging out, and you catch that one guy that had a whole lot to say, but he don't see me because he's trying to catch – he don't see you because he's trying to catch me. Do you accidentally on purpose ever actually put all your weight on him when you hit the ground? Um, it's, there's nothing accidental about it. <laughs> I mean, he's not a, he's, he's not a quarterback. It's not illegal. You intentionally, listen, let me just tell you, okay. You're not 320 pounds because you think it looks good. All right. You're, you're 320 pounds because people? you, yeah, yes. you, you want to inflict punishment on other people. I mean, listen, right. if you're going to look, here's what I always say. Okay. And thank goodness my wife liked big guys. But when you go out at night, right, most girls are not like blow-drying their hair hoping to meet the perfect 315-pound dude that night. Okay? You, you got a limited sample size. You got a limited sample size. But if you got the letter jacket on, you got letter a better shot. Helps. Yes. Letter jacket helps for sure in high school. At Princeton, it probably hurt, if anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, but no, when you're that big, like, that's the value of being that big. That's why you lift all those weights. That's why you weigh that much. Because when you get a chance at anybody, but especially those smaller guys, you want to crunch and smash them. When people say, people think I'm, I don't know if this is like a bad thing to say or not, right? 
yes, I miss the money. Yes, I miss the stadiums and the camaraderie a little bit. But in all sincerity, what I miss more than anything is I miss that. I, mm. I miss the violence. I, I miss hitting another person as hard as I can and knocking them into the ground. And just you can feel a little bit of the life come out of their body. That I think it's okay. Oh I think it's okay to say that that's a pure, primal feeling that we all maybe not leather maybe not leather jacket John, but we all have deep inside of us somewhere. That I've off I've said I want to start a business. Like my high school buddies that didn't play, mm-hmm. I just want them to experience that one time. Like I want to start a business where you can pay two hundred bucks and you can just put a helmet and shoulder pads on and go run and just knock some dude out. Just so you know what that feels That's like. That's a sick company you want to start. <laughs> well, the problem is I've looked Your into it. Your liability would be yeah, really Yeah, the liability is tough. It's tough yeah. to get people to volunteer to be like the tackling dummies. <laughs> but it's not the same if you're not doing it to an actual human Malik, being. Malik, I have to thank you for asking a question <laughs> that sent Ross off onto such a tangent. It was a brilliant question. Malik, what, do you, uh, what or who were you wrong about? I was completely wrong about Nick Foles. After Carson went down, Amen. I did not see a Super Bowl, especially not, not just how he played in the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl. I didn't listen the way he played against Atlanta. I said, "Man, we're going home the next week." I I love him. I'm going to be, you know, I'm gonna support him, but it's about to be a blowout next week, especially after what I saw the Vikings do to the Saints. I said, "Man, we scored 15 points. Some dudes score like 30. We ain't got a chance." And boom. It happened. You're right. But Nick Foles is a great one. Hang in there, Malik. Number 12, congratulations. You won a pair of passes for the Founding Fathers Footsteps Holiday Trolley Tour. So basically, you jump on this highly decorated trolley. You have some fun. You tour around specific areas of the city. It's an awesome once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Foundingfootsteps.com is how you can purchase tickets today. Uh, so, uh, Ross, if, if if I can make the next step here. So w- you get great joy in watching this Eagles team run the ball then? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, I love – I love all of them, uh, but in particular, Kelsey's incredible. Landon Dickerson is out there trying to put people down. My lot at times, like I don't think there's a, a side of the ball anywhere else, or side of the line, I should say, anywhere else in the league that has two guys next to each other like Landon Dickerson and Mylotta. Mylotta is one of the biggest people I've ever seen in my life, like 6'8", 380. But Rhea and mm-hmm. John, how close have you guys ever gotten to Landon Dickerson? Oh, he's a big. We I think we that is a he's big, a big boy. Yeah. No, there there. What was crazy about it is they're uh, you know the next gen stats. They said the Eagles have gained 156 yards before contact against the Giants, which was the best. I mean, that's that line You're driving a is, bus is just yeah. Right I mean, the they're hole. just crushing people. But it also goes back yeah. to what we were talking about a little bit with the scheme mm-hmm. and with Jalen. His ability to run and the threat that that creates and having Devontae and A.J. Brown and teams being afraid of their corners and man-to-man coverage. Are they getting that that before contact because the defense hasn't reacted yet to whether they're throwing or running? It's that split um, second? It's That's yeah. part of it, but it's also just how good the O-line yeah. is. But I don't, I don't think there's a – I'd have to go through every O-line in the league. Landon Dickerson is a little over 6'6". 340-something. So when you have him and Mylotta next to each other, like I, Landon Dickerson is a big boy, 
And so to have those two guys next to each other, <laughs> good luck to the D tackles when those guys have a double team on that side of the ball. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. See everybody on the lines. We're going to get to your calls. If you have a question for Ross Tucker, we're still commenting on the Micah Parsons comments about Jalen Hurts, which Rhea has been playing in each and every update. Ross, if it's okay, uh, at some point between now and when you leave us, we would love to talk about your Christmas plans, your Christmas Eve plans, because everybody's are altered because of the massive game Saturday afternoon, that Saturday afternoon. Sounds good. Mine are, mine are wild. I, I guarantee nobody else has plans like mine, so that'll <laughs> be fun wait. to get into. WIP Sports Time is 8-16. Yet another Christmas to- song from Taylor Swift. I wasn't aware she had a Christmas album. Welcome back, everybody. WIP Morning Show on this Ross Tucker Wednesday, and I have a very intriguing question for Ross, and it is our Twitter poll question, our second. But first, uh, Francisco, what are the final poll results on our first Twitter poll question. All right, so the Twitter question is brought to you by Armin Chevrolet. Minor fender bender or major accident. Armin Chevrolet's collision center will make it right. Find new roads at arminchevy.com. So the first Twitter question this morning was, is Jalen Hurts as good as the stats indicate? Um, so the uh, updated poll results right now, A, yes at 81%. 81%. Yep, no is at 8% and then better than at 11 All right, so what is now our second Twitter poll question? All right, so the new Twitter question is, who is most responsible for the success Jalen Hurts has had this season? Okay. That's A, O-line, B, coaching, uh, C, wide receivers, and D, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Ross Tucker, I, I know there's not one answer here, but the question is who is most responsible? Uh, what would you choose first here? D. Jalen Hurts, Hurts himself. Yep. I mean, all, all those other things, the receivers and the O-line and the coaches, they're all factors, but he's the one that's done it, man. He, he's the one that put in the work to be able to consistently deliver accurate passes from the pocket so much better than he did a year ago. I don't know that anyone, if we're being honest and we're talking earlier about things we were wrong about, I don't know that anyone thought he could do this. I thought he could improve and be like a top 15 quarterback. But based on last year, never did I think he'd be a top five quarterback. It's actually really rare to not be a top 20 guy and then all of a sudden be a top five guy to the point where he's an MVP candidate, it's it's wild. Well, one of the options on this poll, and I brought it up because I wanted to suggest it to you when I put in there coaching, uh, we talked so much about uh, you know, Shane Steichen and all the other coordinators. We never mentioned Brian Johnson. Uh, how big a factor is he in the development of Jalen Hurts? Well, that I don't know. Um, it's hard to know just the input of the position coaches versus like, I don't know how much Jalen works on his own. I don't know if he's got like one of those throwing gurus, obviously what Steichen and Sirianni have done this year is very impressive, but you got to give some credit to Brian Johnson. I mean, we're talking about it being the most improved player we've almost ever seen. And that's the position he coaches. So Brian Johnson deserves a lot of credit for that. I do think it's interesting I'll be curious to see how Sirianni and the organization feel about him. Like, is he the is he the play caller next year? Would Steichen he be the leaves? next in line if Steichen goes? Yeah I, yeah, I don't know the answer to that, but hmm. I'd be very curious about it. Now, as we're looking ahead here, they just two incredibly impressive wins over the Titans and the Giants. Everyone is focused on Christmas Eve. 
Um, Ross, is it okay to look past this Sunday's opponent in the Chicago Bears? Not if you're the Eagles players and coaches, it's not. They're still an NFL team, and they have perhaps, and I don't say this lightly, they have perhaps the most physically gifted quarterback in the NFL. He's certainly up there with like a Josh Allen and Justin Fields. If we're talking about speed, I don't think there's a faster quarterback. If we're talking about arm strength, he is way, way up there. And so just that, just his physical ability makes him and them dangerous. And so I understand the excitement about Christmas Eve, and I understand people talking about Christmas Eve. Here's the reality, though. What the Eagles really need to do is win the other three games. They can afford – I know we don't want them to lose the yeah. Cowboys on <laughs> Christmas Eve. Like I, I get it, right? But they can actually afford to lose to the Cowboys on Christmas Eve as long as they win the other three games, finish 15-2, and two, and they have the number one seed. In which case, by the way, there's a very real possibility that the Dallas Cowboys are 14-3 and three and are the five seed <laughs> – and have to play three road playoff games. That's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> That's great. It, it's it's <laughs> wild. It really is. I mean, uh, too bad for them. But you got Eagles got to make sure that's not them. Because theoretically, if the Eagles lose to the Cowboys and somehow they slip up against the Giants or the Saints or the Bears, then the Eagles could be the 14-3 and three team. That's the five seed, which hmm. would be brutal. Hmm. All right, so let's uh, – Look a little bit at the Bears because we don't want to totally look past them since we had everything. So they've lost six in a row, and I, you know, I'm looking at some of them. Like I think their their last win would have been against the Patriots, I guess, and then they went on this. But they're right there with the the 35-32 game with the Dolphins, the Lions one by one point, the Falcons just by a couple. Like what is this Bears team besides the quarterback? They're dangerous, yeah. and I thought you did a a good job of pointing that out, Rhea. It's hard for me to believe that they've lost six in a row because I watched that Dolphins game. I watched that Lions game. Yeah. And they had the lead late in both those games, primarily because of Fields and what he's able to do. Um, they do get some big plays in the passing game, even without Mooney, who's done for the year. They have Chase Claypool, who's been a Eagles killer in the past. Uh, Nikhil Harry from the Patriots. Equinemia St. Brown from the Packers. Their O-line is not great, so the Eagles need to dominate them. I am curious to see what the plan will be that Jonathan Gannon has for Justin Fields. Because he could say, hey, just get after him and try to get sacks. But then when you do that, you create running lanes for him. And he has, I don't have it off the top of my head, but I want to say he has four or five 50-plus-yard touchdown runs this year. Hmm. I mean, that just doesn't happen. He had that 178 yards in, in the Dolphins game on the ground. Yes. <laughs> I mean, so so nuts. What, 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 um, they're not going to have a spy on him because they're, they're not fast enough. Like, a spy does you no good if they can't catch him. So I think the two things they might do would be sort of what they call like a muddled rush meaning you're rushing, but you're trying to rush in a way that you don't create seams for the quarterback to be able to get upfield and run, right? So the DNs, I don't think you'll see Reddick and Brandon Graham 
with a whole lot of inside moves. They're going to try to, I think, this will be my guess, Ooh. and this is what some teams do against Hurts, is try to force him to make throws from the pocket. And then at the second level, with the linebackers, I would expect those guys to be in zone a lot so that they can both have eyes on field. And if he does break contain, does break the pocket, they can leverage him, meaning – you know, Kaiser White comes from the right, or, you know, outside in, and TJ Edwards from the inside out, so that you can have some leverage on the guy to give you some angles as opposed to just trying to tackle him one-on-one in the open field. Well, it sounds like what you're saying, Ross, and by the way, the Bears are coming off a bye week, that despite their 3-10 and record, they have certain weapons that are going to challenge the Eagles, and this game may be a lot closer than some are predicting? Well, I, I still think it's gonna, I still think the Eagles are going to roll. Um, but the Bears have enough firepower and coming off the bye and how they played against like the Lions and Dolphins that they absolutely could make this game interesting. Hmm. Sean in Clifton Heights is on WIP. Good morning, Sean. Hey, good morning, guys. So what's going on, Sean? Nothing. Uh, my initial uh, reaction to the Parsons thing was, of course, out of anger. But after I calm myself down and realize that it's just a game and Michael Parsons is a huge human being, so there's nothing I can really do about it, uh, (laughs) I really just thought about how what he's saying has to probably be some of the softest trash talk ever because you could say that about any team at any time. I mean, if you go down the list right now, is it Patrick or is it the Hall of Fame Andy Reid? Is it Joe Burrow or the fact that he's had Jamar Chase pretty much his whole career? Is it Joe Montana, or was it the scheme and the fact that he had Jerry Wright? I mean, you can do that with anybody. But at the end of the day, the thing that I think about is the Cowboys game we already played. I don't care that they had Cooper Rush, but at the end of the day, our scheme and the team that we were playing, we ran at Michael Parsons the whole time. We left him unblocked, made him make his own smart decisions, and he didn't make those decisions. So I don't care what he has to say, and I can't wait for this Christmas Eve game. Well, Sean, hang on a second. I have to ask Ross a question in reference to this. So, Ross, we you know the Cowboys are ten and three. Are they? I'm not suggesting at all they're a bad team because we see what their record is. Are they more media hype than they? Are they as good as their record indicates? Cowboys? Yes. Yes, they are. They are. Hmm. Yeah, I think they're really good. I, I think in my you head trying right to now, get Ross to say they're not that they're ten and three. They hoping, are a good team. You never know. Honestly, honestly, I mean they didn't play well against the Texans, and the oh, Texans totally no. blew that for us. That they had such a golden opportunity to saddle them with another L. Oh, There's only six teams in my head that I can see going to the Super Bowl right now, and in the NFC, it's the Eagles, Cowboys, and 49ers. and in the AFC, it's Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals. I just – these other teams, the Vikings, the Ravens, having to win three playoff games, I, I just don't see it. Those are the six that I can see getting to Arizona for the Super Bowl. Hmm. And the Cowboys are one of them. They deserve it. Sean, who is uh, something or someone that you were wrong about? Uh, something uh, was definitely Bryce Harper. Uh, when we brought him in, I know he was oh. one of the best in the league and all that, And uh, but when we brought him in and the money we gave, as long as we gave him, I was just like, oh, well, the pretty boy got paid, and now he's just going <laughs> to ride out on our bench for the rest of the, this contract and not do anything. But the way he was swinging in the playoffs and that violent swing that he, he's got, he was really putting it all out there trying to get us a chip. So. Bryce Harper is a great one. He's Hang still in a there, pretty Sean. boy, but you like him now. 
Yeah, <laughs> nothing to dislike about. Right, number 12 already given away, so that uh, get you a Keith Jones autograph card. I like when somebody calls someone a pretty boy like it's it's supposed to be an insult. What? Like, I would be fine with that. Ross, is there an <laughs> NFL player that you look at? Hold on a second. I don't, I, I don't look at Harper as a pretty boy. Bucks the hair, you know. He's a good-looking guy. Got, he's, got, he's got, like, a mountain mountain man beard. Like, I don't know. He doesn't. I don't know. I don't look at him as a pretty boy. Well, like, like Rhea, when you when you yes. initially saw Harper when he signed with the Phillies, yeah. did he look? Did he give the impression of someone who spent a lot of time in front of the mirror? I did. That would suggest pretty boy to some. Exactly. I, That's I, how I didn't. I look at yeah, it. I didn't take it that way. No, I'm just. I'm just I just curious. I didn't. I was so excited that he was here. I didn't care. So okay. You know. Um. Hey, Ross. Who's a pretty boy? Who is a pretty boy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was not expecting this was going to go in this direction. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just curious. Now Ross, I need to know. Ross is open to these conversations. Yes. Uh, Brady's kind of a pretty boy. I was I was hoping you were going to go there. <laughs> yeah. When I was teammates with him, yeah. um, I think he might be the only NFL player that I was teammates with that I saw blow dry his hair. Like he had a blow dryer and in the Patriots Was this before room, or after the hair plugs? Uh, before he would blow dry his hair and that was the only thing I like downgraded him on but then I thought about it like he makes so much money off the field like I'd be blow drying everything if that if, if, uh, if I was making money off my looks too so I'd have a problem with that um because I remember thinking, like, he's literally, he's legitimately the best beer chugger I've ever seen. That's the, always my favorite story that you've told, that he's better than it. Because I would have never guessed that. It's wild. Yeah, I, hmm. I, was, I was shocked. I was wrong. We were, we were putting bets on it. We were at a barbecue joint in 05, no, 06 training camp. And I put a bet on, like, this rookie O-lineman from Notre Dame. And the, the veteran Patriots guys looked at me like, nah, that was stupid. And Brady just crushed him and, like, smashed the cup like it was Gronkowski. I mean, he was really, really impressive. Really hmm. impressive. Uh, Rhea, let the record show that approximately one hour ago, Ross referenced uh, Tom Brady when comparing him to Jalen Hurts. Yes. And now he's trashing Tom Brady for being a pretty boy. Just, I didn't take it I'm as not trashing really him. Trashing him. No. Oh, I'm okay. not, I'm said not if he looked like that, it. he'd blow dry his hair too. Yeah, I'd probably <laughs> I think that, that's, that's like a very but, nice thing to acknowledge. I will say this, though. Pretty hard to look better at 45 than you did at 25. Correct. I don't know how that happens, but... Money is very helpful. Evidently. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't. 215-592-9494. Hang tight, everybody. We're going to get your calls. we got one more segment with Ross. So much to squeeze in in that time. It's 837. 843, welcome back, everybody. WIP Morning Show. Final minutes with Ross Tucker on this Ross Tucker Wednesday. And uh, during the commercial break, Ross, wonderful news, NFL news. What do we have, Rhea? So for the second time this season, Brandon Graham, NFC Defensive Player of the Week. That's awesome. Three sacks in the in the game and the in the Giants win. Uh, so yeah, great for him at 34 off of Achilles surgery. I mean, what a season he's having. Yeah, Ross. Would, I mean, you, you're what you're watching one. him. Yeah, that would be another one, John, um, that you could add to things I was wrong about because mm. I certainly did not expect Brandon to come back and play this well at age 34 after a torn Achilles. I didn't know what to expect, but I didn't think I'd be on with you guys on a Wednesday in December saying the second time he's the player of the week. I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah. So, uh, Ross, a uh, little more, a little less than two weeks from now, 
Christmas Eve, December the 24th at 425 right here on WIP. The Eagles will be taking on the Cowboys in the most important game of the entire regular season. Where will Ross Tucker be? (laughs) Well, this is a little bit inside baseball, but you guys are going to get a window into my life. Um, So I am calling the Raiders-Steelers game that night. (gasps) Oh! For Westwood One uh, on Christmas Eve. So Christmas Eve morning, I will drive to Pittsburgh. I will do Eagles pregame from a hotel room in Pittsburgh from 1 to 4 with Glenn Macnow and Joe Giglio and Davis Spadaro because it's an away game. Then when the pregame is over, I'll head over to Heinz Field or whatever they call it now. And I will not go on the field before the game to talk to players because I will be watching the Eagles and the Cowboys. (laughs) Um, I'll watch that game. Then I'll call Raiders-Steelers. Then that game will end at like 11.30. I'll drive home and hopefully get two, maybe three hours sleep before my daughters wake me up to see see what Santa brought. Nice. So I I didn't have to say yes to the game, but – you know, for me, you know, people, I don't know if they know this or not, but like as a, if you call games, right, you get paid per the game. Mm-hmm. So anytime I have a game where I can just drive and drive back, you know, all in one day, as opposed to like, like this weekend, I'm flying to Minnesota, then I'm flying to Green Bay because I'm doing both those games, which is great. But man, if I could just drive and drive back, I talked to my wife about it. I said, eh, Christmas Eve, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't need to do it. But then we both realized, like, our daughters are at the stage where Christmas, Christmas morning's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not Christmas Eve. It's Christmas morning when Santa still comes and the whole deal. So um, I will have an awesome Christmas morning with my daughters. And then, hopefully they're not listening right now, when we go to my in-laws that afternoon, I will go upstairs when nobody's looking and I will crash in a bed <laughs> or on a couch <laughs> because <laughs> – because you will be exhausted. Yes. You know, what? I'll have done the Christmas morning thing that my mother-in-law will make amazing food and I will eat the heck out of that food. And then I will be on a couch to be named later or a <laughs> bed upstairs to be named later. And everybody will hopefully understand. Now, Ross, I'm, I'm sure this will be discussed even more next week, this time next week. But uh, when the, the, you know, the Christmas dinner is laid out, what's Ross's favorite? Well, that's a little bit controversial. Because mm. I am a big fan of and believer in ham for Christmas. Yeah, I don't like ham. But for you, now you haven't. Not I, a I ham fan. Remember, I got to remember the name of it. You're thinking of sliced ham. No, I'm talking about what's the name the of the baked ham? ham? The honey baked ham. Yeah, but it's like. Um, yeah, they, I'm just. It's not yeah. sliced. It's. Uh, I know you're talking about the big ham they you put pull in the it oven. Apart. Yeah, you pull it's, it apart. Oh, we, what, are you, what are you talking about? Like the whole hog? What are we talking about here? No, I'm going to pull it up. No, it is it's, ham, it's, though, it's, right? It's a special kind of ham that they have. The further west you go, the more people. I can text my wife. It's it's an amazing ham. It's way better than sliced ham. Way better than what you are thinking, Rhea. Although I like sliced ham too, but for whatever reason, <laughs> my where like my wife's from for the most part, my my mother in law still does turkey on Christmas dinner. Okay. She still does turkey, but I feel like wait a minute, like that's more of a Thanksgiving. I think Thanksgiving is turkey, and I don't like turkey Christmas either. Is ham? <laughs> what do you eat, Rhea? I I love it. I do for Thanksgiving. We do a roasted chicken. 
Um, which is fine because actually most of the people who come over to my house like chicken better anyway, so it works out fine. Uh, so I do roasted chicken. I don't really do a big deal on Christmas Eve. Like Christmas Eve is kind of more of a like pizza and some, you know. Christmas and Eve. Yeah, Christmas Eve and uh, and I'll do a shrimp. Co- I'll, I will make shrimp cocktail. And then we do uh, we do steaks on Christmas Day. Hmm. Interesting. All right. I've never heard of that. Well, you know. You don't like turkey or ham. No. I don't mind cold cut ham. Like, I really do like a ham and cheese sandwich every once in a while. But I do not like like baked ham at all. I don't even like to look at it. But, Ross, the problem with ham is, and I I somewhat agree with Rhea, I I like ham a little bit. It's so salty. I mean, you got to have a gallon of water sitting next to you for when you're done. You're drinking the rest of the night. That's why it's so good. Oh, (laughs) Ross is going to be drinking anyway. (laughs) I love, I love it. I'm I'm trying to get the answer on this ham because it's a special kind of ham. Well, I'm looking it up, and there's one that says smoked pulled. Is it smoked before you? Is it cooked in the oven? There, it's it's from like central Pennsylvania. It's it's a Pennsylvania Dutch thing. One of them will get back to me. In a minute, I literally texted my brother-in-law, sister-in-law, mother-in-law, father-in-law, and my wife. Somebody will get back to me. Wait, no, mom. I thought your delicious. mom listens all the time. Yeah, but she doesn't know. My mom would do more of the sliced ham. Ah, she doesn't know gotcha. the special, like, pull-apart ham. So, uh, Ross, uh, ham is number one for you. What about a side? What's, uh, when the table is laid out, what's the first side you're reaching for? Um, I really like both mashed potatoes and filling, which is different from stuffing. So, do you guys know what filling is? No. Do you know what stuffing is? Yes. Okay. So, in Pennsylvania Dutch, like the further west you get from Philly, the weirder west, it gets. W- west and north. <laughs> no, the more the more it's Pennsylvania Dutch, right? Yes. Yes. And so, um, more than stuffing, they make filling. And my wife actually got the recipe from her grandmother, who has passed. And um, it's essentially stuffing, just as you know it, mixed in with mashed potatoes. So it's potato filling. Oh, that doesn't sound horrible at all. That actually sounds amazing. No, picture the stuffing. Yeah. And then picture mashed potatoes, but mix it all I mix it it on my plate anyway. Exactly. (laughs) It is delicious. It's way better than stuffing. It's way better than mashed potatoes. It's called potato filling. And it is... Delicious. All right, I am in. Yeah, we got to push for this, Rhea. Yeah. I, I had no idea that's what it was. That's awesome. Self in North Philly's on WIP. How you doing, Self? Yo, Self. Oh no, man. How you doing? I'm chill. I'm chill. How are you? I'm all right. I'm, I'm still a little bent with what Micah Parsons had to say. I don't hear what y'all hearing that, man. What if do you I mean? hear anything, I hear him. First of all, he never he, he said it's both. And the no, last... no, no. That was Von Miller. Remember, you have to make sure that you – that's why, like, when I play it, I make sure to say the first voice you're hearing is Parsons. Miller is the one who says it's both. And then Parsons comes back while he's laughing, saying it's system and team. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So I had that wrong. I, I don't know. Oh, I, I did, just... too. I did, too, first self when I heard it. I had to literally, like, sit down and watch it. Well, I mean, <laughs> either way, you know, J- Jalen don't care what he say. But I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. It, it, first of all, it is both. You know what I mean? It is both. I will say that. But Jalen don't care, but I'm going to tell you like this. If the city, meaning Philadelphia, because I know for a fact, first of all, I got to give shout-outs to Will of God, 
my, my homie and ex-rap partner from the 80s and 90s, um, who got me to listen to WIP. Nice. And nice. since I've been listening to WIP, before the season started, the radio host was bashing her. Not everybody. Bashing. Not, Not everybody. everybody. No. I'm a, I'm, but I'm going to say this. Yeah. Angelo, Ike Reese, and, and uh, who was it? Angelo, Ike Ange- Reese, and yeah. one other person that wasn't bashing. No, Angelo Mark, was not. Yeah. The camera. Uh, uh, the the short Elliot shorts guy, the shorts. all of them was just bashing. <laughs> Elliot you know shorts guy, the shorts so, guy. <laughs> and I say that the same. Elliot's kind of a pretty boy, by the way. Speaking of the pretty boy, you know boy what? You're right. You're right. Elliot's kind of. So a pretty you can boy. criticize him all you want, self. I'm with you. No. So so what I'm saying is, if we ourselves criticizing him, what do we expect for ESPN? The, because I will tell you this, self. Do? You know this. You have family members, right? You have family. Right. I'm assuming. You can criticize your family. No one else can. Yeah, you know you know what? I had my ex tell her family, her dad told me that one time, and I wasn't a fan of that saying ever Yeah, since. but that's in-laws. In-laws are I, different. Yeah, I'm talking I, about, like, blood relations, which I'm the Eagles are. I'm a fan of calling it like it is. It is what it is. I like you when you call mean? in, Self. You're great. Uh, self, y'all have a, yes, sir. I want to get you a spin on the wheel. I need someone like Jalen Hurts that uh, you may have been wrong about, or that you I were wrong, wrong about. Again, shout out to the will of God. I was wrong about WIP oh. because I did not want to listen to sports radio. And Angelo was the funniest thing to start my morning off. I'm going to be honest, though. The mother shows is born. But Angelo was the hilarious. Yeah! WIP, man. WIP, I was wrong about. Well, nice. Spun number eight, which will win you a Keith Jones autographed card. I believe it's still the Capitals one. That's all we have. So, Ross, Ross. Where, first of all, I got the answer, by the way. I got the answer. Go ahead. It's a hazel ham. I've never heard of a hazel ham. H-A-Z-L-E, and it's from Hazleton, Pennsylvania, which is actually like Northeast PA. Isn't that where Joe, um, uh, the- Joe Madden. Joe Madden is from. Yeah, yeah, he is. bad boy up here. It's a a hazel ham, H-A-Z-L-E, so good. I don't know what they do different with it. It's it like pulls apart. Maybe it's even saltier. I don't know. But a hazel ham, H A Z L E, from West Hazelton, Pennsylvania. Now I I need to revisit this side dish one more time. What is that form of stuffing? Potato, potato filling. They just call it filling, but it's potato filling. It's stuffing. You make stuffing. You make mashed potatoes, and you mix them together. And then you mix them together. Do, are you allowed to pour dish. gravy on it? Absolutely. Well, okay. that's up to you. The, the gravy's on the side, but you decide how much gravy you want to put in there. But it's the combo of like the bread stuffing with the mashed potatoes that have the butter in them. It's just like a buttery, potatoy, bready, <laughs> gravy awesome. deliciousness. I'm going to have to look into this. Uh, so, uh, where could we find Ross Tucker this weekend? Uh, doubleheader. Yeah, doubleheader. I'll be doing Colts-Vikings Saturday at 1. Okay. And then I'll fly to Green Bay. And Monday night with Kevin Harlan, I've got the Rams and Baker Mayfield at the Packers Monday night. Jeez, man. Well, By the way, Baker Mayfield, I believe, was named the NFC Player of the Week. So he came yeah, how in, is that had possible? one drive, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like he was better than Hurts. No. <laughs> I mean, some of these awards sometimes, it's like he had a nice drive at the end of the game, but yes. they scored 17 points the whole game. Exactly. Uh, Ross, give me a was, break. When was the last off day you've had? Um, I don't have any off days during football season. Oh my God. Because I end up working seven days a week. But I have a lot of off days 
spring, you know, after the football season is skiing season. Then we have about a month of beer pong season, <laughs> and then I go into beach season. So I have plenty of I have plenty of time off in the off season. I mean, I love it. Like they get, they pay me to go to a game and talk about the game. It's un- like everybody else at that stadium Saturday and Monday night will have paid to be there, other than me, who just gets to be on the fifty yard line and call a game. It's awesome. Huh. The great Ross Tucker. For all things Ross Tucker, if you're not hearing him on WIP, just go to at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter. Ross, always a pleasure, sir. Absolutely. See you guys. Thank you so much. You got it. See you. 215-592-9494. I see Rick and Keith and Dennis and Frankie and TR. We have room for you. We're going to run through your calls in the final hour. If you didn't hear what Micah Parsons had to say about Jalen Hurts, you're going to hear some from Ray. We'll play more on the other side as well. One hour to go. It's 857.